Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, you know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guests, we might get into a little bit of politics, but mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter, pinned as the tweet, is a link to UNICEF, which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot O-R-G, and just look for the Ukraine appeal, click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and I uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. This is another Spawn Daily episode. We're here to talk about issue number 55. Once again, I'm joined by author of the Spawn reading order that we're using, Blake Whitlow. Blake, thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's good to be here. I love it. Yeah, uh, don't forget, everybody, the reading order that we're using is in the show notes. Blake put it together. We decided, I decided that we were going to sort of fold in some of the other series and one shots and whatnot. So, uh, I'm not going to go into more detail because, you know, I talk about it almost every episode. So needless to say, we're still going to continue to do the regular series, one issue per episode, but we're also going to fold in some of the other stuff from time to time. So just be aware and definitely go and check out the uh, reading order if you want to know what's coming up, what we're going to talk about, and uh, if you want more of a full spawn experience uh, in terms of the reading order. So that being said, let's dive into the issue Really interesting issue in a lot of ways uh, that we're going to talk about today, issue number 55. Um, and in a way, something that's sort of unique about this, the, the whole series of Spawn, the whole concept of Spawn that I think not enough people really talk about. In light of recent world events, it's a little strange to be talking about some of these things that we're going to cover in the next couple uh, of issues. And I, I do encourage everybody to go. Uh, as you heard at the beginning of the episode uh, with the bumper. Uh, but also, if you check uh, the pinned tweet at the uh, top of our Twitter feed, you'll see that there is a link there. You can go and donate to UNICEF, which is a great cause to help out the, uh, the refugees from uh, Ukraine. So uh, as you can see from that awesome Capullo cover that I'm sharing with you right now, um, it's it's not about using the Hellspawn power for uh, for Al Simmons in this issue. It's very much what he's comfortable with. We saw it early on in issue seven, like we mentioned last episode, where Al went and stole some weapons, some hardware, 
more along the lines of ordinance that he was used to using when he was a, a CIA assassin. So it does a couple things when you think about it in terms of, hey, why would Al do this when he has all these magical hellspawn uh, powers? Well, it has to do with what he's comfortable with and what he's been used to using. And also the fact that he has a finite amount of that power that he was given uh, by Malbolgia from hell. And so if he can accomplish it with more conventional weapons, I think that's what he's more comfortable doing. And we'll see that in this issue. And we certainly see it on the cover there. Mm-hmm. You're completely right. He uh, he was a lieutenant colonel in the armed forces and, and he was part of the CIA. He was a field operative. He ran black ops missions all the time. We've seen time and time again throughout the series, flashbacks and panels of him during his, uh, his missions and things like that. He is very good with the weapons that he's most familiar with. So it would make sense that even in this new state of being, that would still be like what he's best at, what he's most familiar with, what he's most comfortable with. He's still acclimating to this new life, this new environment. He's still getting used to having the suit and having these powers. He's still very much a novice in that. Like he's getting better where he's at now, but he's still not quite a master of it. So it makes more sense that he would fall back to the things that he's most comfortable with, the thing that he knows that will get the job done the the fastest, the most efficiently, instead of banking on these magic powers that he has that he doesn't have quite all control of yet. Yeah, we've seen when he's used the power, specifically teleporting, it incapacitates him for a little while. And so, yeah, like, why would you not, you know, go with what you know? He's still Uh, figuring out the rules and everything. And yep. It's unpredictable. <laughs> yep, 100%. So uh, inside the co- front cover, we see Todd McFarlane's story, Greg Capullo pencils, McFarlane and Danny Mickey on inks, Tom Orzakowski, copy editor and letters, Brian Haverland, Dan Kemp on colors. Uh, quick recap of last time. Uh, again, at the end of uh, 52, Al had the dream, or uh, Terry rather had the dream of Al being spawned, being alive. Last issue, Terry went searching in the very dangerous alleys rat city and whatnot and cog intercepted and saved terry from being accosted by a couple of homeless guys took him to uh see or directed him to go find spawn and then cog ended up having to mediate that encounter just because uh, it was time for al to fly off in a jealous rage about the fact that he feels terry's you know betrayed him and is living the life that al should have uh, should have lived so terry stated his case cog backed him up Terry recruited Al to come to uh, Terry's office and show him the proof that he had accumulated that says, hey, Jason wins messing with me. He's messing with Wanda. I need your help to stop him. And Al agreed. So that's where this issue picks up. And we do. We did also see Sam and Twitch waiting at the waterfront for some informant who supposedly has more information about the chief bank, Senator Jennings uh, conspiracy. So uh, as this Issue starts. We're back in Rat City, and as Al's taking a look at some information that Terry's brought on his laptop, Terry's sort of snooping around in the layer, if you will, of uh, of Al Simmons as Spawn, and he's he's like, "Man, this place is a horror show." And Al's been like living in this and thriving in this. And as Al continues, you know, uh, making comments on the the information that he sees, hey, he's in Iraq, he's selling weapons here, he's selling weapons there. 
Terry's snooping around. He comes across the worms, which, you know, that many worms in one place acting the way they're acting, which isn't necessarily normal. You know, it, it talks raises about, questions. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it talks about how they're um, like creeping up his pant leg, you know, and yeah. how it reminds them of the way ants behave. That's not how worm like worms aren't a hive mind the way, you know, ants are a colony. Worms are, you know, more a little more solitary than that. Uh, and so he's as they are climbing up his pant leg, he gets creeped out. He kind of shakes them off and follows their trail when they're in this uh, this garbage dumpster. And we've seen in the past, this is where dead bodies have gone. The worms go in, they suck up whatever energies left over from the potential for evil that these uh, these people had in their uh, in their living lifetime. And then that energy is what feeds the symbiotic costume that Al wears. So you can imagine when Terry opens this up, there's thousands of these worms in there and he sees, you know, a hand desiccated hand sticking up out of them. And when spawn turns around and sees this, he yells at him. Don't touch them. You understand? Like he really loses it. He really freaks out. Um, and you can tell that Terry's like, I like what dude, calm down. Like what's going on. And like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you liked worms so much. My yeah, bad. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like obviously you can understand Terry's confusion. Um, but I feel like part of the reason that Al reacts so strongly isn't just out of, okay, yes, I, I need, I need the energy of the sustenance that these worms provide my symbiote to kind of exist. So, you know, it's a, it's a question of survival, but also it's a, I think it's shame. I think that Al feels sh so much shame for, for his existence, for who he is and, and how he has to live and here's a guy who knew him from before, right? So it's even worse than if it was just some stranger because Al, and we, we talked about it last time, how he uh, is so kind of macho and doesn't like to show emotion, doesn't like to show weakness. So, you know, he's very proud. And for him to have to rely on something as disgusting as, as worms, uh, I think there's some shame there. And I think that kind of colors at least, I mean, maybe I'm reading into it. Maybe McFarland didn't think that, but I, that's the impression I get that there's a level of, yeah, I don't want you to have to know about all this gross stuff. And even says to Terry, you know, I said, I'd work with you and it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some awkwardness. So let's just focus on win and, uh, and bringing him to, to justice. But uh, yeah, he immediately tries to change the subject. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really like the way that you read that because uh, when I read it the first time years ago, I don't think that it came across that way to me, but I love going through this series again now and being like, oh yeah, you're completely right. Like there, there absolutely is going to be a level of shame because he's so proud because he had, you know, like these certain ideas of who he was supposed to be. And now all of that's gone. So he's got to try and hold on to like what things, you know, what values he, he thought that were most important. And that's probably one of the reasons why he's so macho and everything. And there's absolutely going to be like a level of shame. I need these worms <laughs> to yeah, draw power from in order to sustain myself. That's kind of weird. And I don't think he wants to be judged. Yeah. And then it, it, it continues with, I mean, even though, uh, you know, Al does try to change the subject, Hey, let's focus on when, um, I think a lot of the questions that Terry's asking here are questions that 
that Al knows that he needs answers to, but he's, he's put them on the back burner. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's either asked them and, and when he's started to search them out, he doesn't like what he'll find. So he turns a blind eye to them because uh, he does know Cogliastro has admitted that, hey, I, I'm, I'm a spawn just like you, but Al hasn't pursued it, at least not that we've seen. Because mm-hmm. Terry asks, hey, who, who is this Cogliastro guy? He knew things about me that, that nobody should know. And Spawn's like, well, I don't know who he is. He just knows things. And that's just the way it is. So drinks you know, and knows things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cogliastro, he knows things and he just does. So let's not worry about that. Let's find my weapons. They're buried around here some way. Mm-hmm. And Terry's like, well, you don't like, again, don't you want to know the answers? Don't you want to understand? Like, I, cause I do. You're taller, you're bigger. You have power from who knows where. You were dead for five years. Now you're back. You know, you disappeared. You fake your own death. Like, you know, he wants he wants answers. And again, Al doesn't want to give it to him. Yeah. He screams at him. He's like, I'm dead. Do you not get it? Hell's not playing games, Terry. Like, I, I'm in I'm in a bad place. My my this is not even my body. My body's buried. You you guys buried it. Right. So don't tell me how you're suffering and Wanda's suffering, whatever. You know, like I, I get it, but I'm dead. And so, again, it, you can see both sides. You can see why uh, Al wouldn't have a lot of patience for Terry's questions. You can mm-hmm. see why he's avoiding asking the questions himself. You do feel bad. I mean, he is dead, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he's, yeah, it's a little self-centered. Like, because mm-hmm. Terry has a point, you know, like this is all their lives. Al owes those answers to Terry and Wanda. He, especially after everything that he's put them through by stealing those weapons and putting Terry and Wanda in this dangerous situation, you think that Al would be like, okay, after everything that I I inadvertently caused to, you know, hurt your guys's like lives, you know, you, you deserve to ask some questions and get some answers. You think that that's kind of where he would be, but he's still kind of a self-centered dick yeah. right now. He's, yeah, he, he's only thinking about himself. Well, I mean, you can flip it around, right? Like what he's saying is, yeah, as bad as you and Wanda think you have it, at least you're not dead. You're mm-hmm. better off, you know? And he but is can, dead. He's in a rough situation. He's got daily threats, like life-ending threats coming at him all the time. So yeah, you, you he does have of, it rough. You can, but you can flip it around and you can say, yeah, Al, you're already dead. So in a way, Terry and Wanda do have it worse because they still have something to lose, mm-hmm. you know? So you can see, you can definitely see it from, from both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it ends up Al kind of dismissing uh, Terry saying, yeah, if you think you're confused, welcome to the club. You know, I found my weapons, you know, we'll meet up later. And Terry wanders off uh, to go back home, kind of lost in his own thoughts. And it ends up that a couple of the the bums that, accosted him earlier end up having to save him from a a third guy like word has gone out that terry is a friend of spawn nobody should be touching him but you know it's it's homeless it's it's transient it there's always new people coming in that may not be aware so uh, it is interesting that terry now is is sort of he's a made man in the in the mafia that is uh that is spawn in a lot of (laughs) ways in the spawn mafia yeah (laughs) i like that (laughs) he's a made he's a made guy so meanwhile uh we check in on jason Wynn. he's meeting with a couple of uh, let's say ne'er-do-wells in terms of um, some guys who want weapons. Again, we know that CIA always back dealing, always shady deals uh, with different warlords and different uh, 
you know, powers that be around the globe. So Wynn's doing what he always does, uh, which is what's best for Jason Wynn, selling weapons, pocketing the, uh, the proceeds. And we're told 40 minutes uh, later, a deal's closed. And as distrustful as everybody else is, Wynn knows that he can take the profits from this transaction and turn around and use them to curry some favor in Japan. Uh, he's always looking out for himself when uh, the clown shows up and says, hey, surprise, you're doing a great job. Uh, I thought only demons were manipulative, man, but you're, you're, you're the best. And Wynn's assuring him, hey, uh, Spawn will be dealt with soon. So uh, clear that the clown violator is still keeping an eye on Wynn. Wynn hasn't forgotten about Spawn. And Wynn, despite the fact that he knows somebody's snooping around, he doesn't know it's Terry, uh, he still continues to do what he's going to do. He, I don't think he can even help himself. He's sort of a, um, a victim of his own nature. So uh, meanwhile, Terry and Spawn have come up with uh, an, uh, a, uh, a plan to figure out what Wynn is doing. They need proof. They need actual physical proof that the weapons are where they're supposed to be and they are what they're not, you know, like it's supposed to be a certain type of thing that's supplied to a certain place at a certain time. And it has paper, a paper trail that can be traced back to Jason Wynn, but then it turns out the weapons are not what they're supposed to be or so they need some concrete proof. So uh, Spawn ends up hiding out in a, the belly of a plane for 18 hours uh, and it heads toward the Republic of Serbia. Spawn jumps out. And this is, again, this is the fascinating part. It's, it's Al Simmons getting to do what Al Simmons did best. And it's basically what the, uh, the narration tells us. He gets to feel more like he's, you know, more like himself than he has ever since he's returned. This is what he used to do. This is what he was good at. And the part about it that's fascinating for me is this is a story about this supernatural hellspawn with magical powers that is all about fantastical ideas of heaven and hell and good and evil and um, chains and spikes and you know great art and what have you. And McFarland overlays that because that is super fantastical. You know, you couldn't, you don't really, you couldn't really call it science fiction. It, it very much is either fantasy in terms of genre uh, and definitely with some horror elements, right? And a lot of old fantasy, it was really had a lot of horror elements. Talk about Brothers Grimm and, and that sort of thing. So it's very much in that vein. Now overlay that with some of like the most realistic uh, fictional storytelling in terms of like war comics, political intrigue, um, you know, uh, a lot of weapons and back dealing and military and just all that sort of hyper-realistic uh, sense of fiction that we get like in a Tom Clancy novel, right? Like where it's mm -hmm. a real world political intrigue. And, and if things had happened a certain way, it could, it could have gone this way, you know, Hunter and October, all that, all that kind of stuff. Like these, these two genres are so like far apart. And that's what's so interesting to me. I don't think uh, enough people talk about Spawn uh, as something that is a melding of two genres that don't that aren't typically you know mashed together. And so I, I, I want to point that out. And again, in light of when we're recording this and what's going on in the world, it hits a little close to home as well. So uh, I find that to be interesting. But uh, irrespective of that, we do see Al, as I said, 
doing what he does best, infiltrating this base as Terry is back at his in his office, kind of running the um, the op side of it for him, giving him the information. Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, again, all the dialogue here, all all the um, the exposition is all about how Al just feels like he's doing what he was born for, and he's you know so effective at it, and he's even more effective now that he he has the you know the powers and the abilities of a hell spawn. So it's not too long before he's able to infiltrate into the uh, the warehouse, and that scene is is really cool <laughs> that uh, that Capullo gives us where Spawn is just weighed down, you know. And it goes back to what Blake and I were talking about at the top of the episode, where man, he doesn't need all this stuff with the abilities that he has, but this is what makes him feel safe. This is what makes him feel comfortable being armed to the teeth with grenades and bandoliers and rocket launchers and guns and yeah, it's a, and it's a fantastic image, and it very much is the visual equivalent of what I was just talking about, the melding together of two really crazy genres, so a uh, fantastic action double. spy thriller, but also a supernatural horror superhero. Yeah, exactly. How do those two things mix well? Well, I don't know, but Todd McFarlane figured it out. <laughs> he did, and yeah, and he makes it work, and it's, and it's fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, it's just as easily would be a fantastic story if you took out the uh, supernatural elements. And this, this was, you know, like a flashback to an old mission that Al Simmons went on and, and Terry again was his contact back home. Like it, it works on that level. It's just, it's just interesting. So uh, once spawn gets in the warehouse, he does a little investigating everything looks above board. They're like, wait, what's going on? Everything is, is what it's supposed to be. We don't see any of the illegal weapons. Could we have been wrong? And then Spawn takes a closer look and he realizes that these uh, these crates marked grenades are much bigger in size than they would be for the amount of grenades that are supposed to be there. So sure enough, when he cracks one open, all of these guns come uh, flooding out and it's the proof that they've been looking for. And so Terry orders them out of there pronto, like, OK, we, we have everything we need. We have the proof that we need. But Spawn's not about to leave, uh, despite Terry's. Um, you know, protestations, he spawn decides to, uh, Al decides he's going to get some, some revenge. So I think this is part of the angst that he feels as well as he doesn't have to worry so much about the consequences going back to this idea that he's already dead. Mm -hmm. So he wants some revenge. Uh, he's, he, he's hoping that if he blows this stash up, it's going to cause some uncomfortable questions and bring some, uh, more of the spotlight onto Jason Wynn. And so uh, he leaves an explosive, he blows it up. And then we get a scene of the talking heads and um, they all basically say what, you know, what I was just talking about, how, yeah, there was this explosion and there's rumblings that the CIA was involved and uh, with some, some illegal weapons. And there's a lot of questions being asked because, where would this ordinance have come from? Could the United States have sold it to them? Did it fall off the back of a truck? Like what exactly is uh, is going on? So meanwhile, back at Jason Wynn's office, he thinks he's insulated from this. You know, he's uh, he's a smart guy and he always has, uh, you know, many layers between himself and what actually happens on the ground. And so he's talking to the uh, ambassador of that nation where everything blew up. And the ambassador is saying, what am I supposed to do now? I don't have the weapons that I was promised so that I could sell them to my partner. Uh, you're probably going to be dead within 72 hours. 
And Wynn's like, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't create your en- enemies. You know, I upheld my, yeah, he's washing his hands. And he's like, I, I, I didn't create your enemies. Uh, I upheld my end of the bargain. And the ambassador's like, no, you, you didn't, but you've created <laughs> some of your own because one of the guys, one of the soldiers was saved from that explosion uh, by some red cloaked ghost. And my man said that all that ghost said repeatedly as he was hauling him to safety was Jason Wynn, Jason Wynn, Jason Wynn. And my man, right before he died, said it was the devil himself. So whatever <laughs> this is that you're involved in, Wynn, whatever happened, happened because of you. And I don't like being caught in your personal wars and others are going to hear about this. So basically, this ambassador is saying, yeah, I might I might take it on the chin. I might not be around in three days because of what happened here. But everybody in around the world is going to know that if they do business with you, Jason Wynn, that they're going to have to worry about this red ghost. So the, uh, the act of blowing up the warehouse had exactly the effect that Al Simmons uh, hoped it would. So meanwhile, back in, um, in Terry's office, he's yelling at Spawn, like, why'd you do that? Do you have any idea what you started? And Spawn says, yeah, hopefully a domino effect that's going to lead right back to the source. And, uh, and Terry's like, yeah, but you blew up our evidence. What were you thinking? And, and uh, Al's like, well, don't worry. I kept a few souvenirs. And we see that he grabbed a couple of those guns. But again, how can you prove that they were they were there in that warehouse? He blew it up. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not thinking, I think, in a lot of ways. It's a combination um, of things. I think uh, still, you know, he's very impulsive. Yeah. He, he's living from moment to moment. And so it was impulsive of him to steal the weapons all the way back in issue number six to fight over at kill. Uh, and that it was very impulsive of him now to blow up all of their evidence on the hope that it would somehow start a domino effect that, that would push wind to do something or, or, or something, you know, it, it, that's, it's a bit of a stretch to say that spawn planned this all along and he knew exactly how it was going to, you know, pan out. I don't think he's quite uh, the mastermind that he thinks he, he is right now, but it is yielding the, uh, uh, a, a kind of effect. Like, like you were saying, people are going to know that if they deal with wind, that they're going to have to deal with this red ghost. So just because it turned out well for him now, doesn't mean that it, he should be this impulsive and do all these things because now uh, they can't legitimately go after him because the evidence is gone. They have yeah. to find more evidence now. So they have to just bank on the hope that Wynn is going to run aground not having any business partners. Yeah, and again, I think it goes back to, I mean, we look at the contrast of the way that Terry Fitzgerald sees it and the way Spawn sees it. What would be interesting is if we did have an example of a similar mission when Al Simmons was still alive and what would he have done in the same situation? So basically what I'm saying is, is the fact that he's already dead. And so, mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier, that's not a risk. He doesn't have to worry about being killed. He's already dead. Yeah. Uh, so it, does that color his actions? You know, I think it might. I think it or, does. Or is it just that he was always impulsive and he always would have, you know, would have done this. So, yeah, I mean, Terry is like, I got to try to do things by the book and play within the, you know, the rules of society and life because I'm still alive. And Spawn's just like, I just want to take out Jason Wynn regardless. I think it's a combination of things, you know, like it, there's a bit of, 
you know, this is who he was before mixed in there, but it's also, you know, he doesn't care anymore. He just wants to hurt win in whatever way possible. And he's not thinking ahead. Yep. The, the best way to hurt win would be to, you know, do what Terry's <laughs> trying to do, you know, get that evidence, build up a case, bring yeah, him down, win is so, ruin his empire. <laughs> win is so powerful though, that, I mean, we've seen it before when they, uh, when Sam and Twitch took all the info to the press and all it ended up implicating was chief banks. Like he's so powerful. Could he possibly, you know, end up shifting the blame onto somebody else? So I, I, I can see both sides, but yeah. uh, we'll have to see how it all plays out. Uh, I will say that that final image from Todd McFarlane or from uh, Greg Capullo rather is awesome. I especially like the, it almost looks like an old school Western six shooter there uh, in his holster. Um, but yeah, like that previous full page spread that we talked about mixing genres. I mean, this does it super awesome as well. Uh, just seeing spawn this, this, you know, creature with spikes and chains and, you know, magical powers, just holding all this high tech weaponry. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. Uh, so fantastic, cool. <laughs> fantastic image to end it on. Love the moon in the background with the craters and the detail. Uh, yeah. Really inspired. So uh, yeah, I think once again, unlike last issue where we didn't have a lot of, outright action you know it was more uh, an emotional issue this one had a ton of that this one had a ton of action yeah from creepy worms to you know blowing up weapons and uh spawn fighting some of the soldiers that came across him in the warehouse um yeah this 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 issue was was fantastic um this is one of my favorite issues that we've we've covered so far Mm -hmm. uh throughout the series so i love uh, that terry and spawn are on a team this yep. whole time spawn has been on his own yeah cog comes in and and he gives him some advice and kicks him in the butt like hey get off your ass and do something but now it feels like there's some partnership al isn't on this by himself he knows that he's got terry and they can work together on these things, on these problems. So I love that he's starting to make friends instead of enemies. Yeah, but did he blow it all up by, like, literally blow it all up by destroying yes. the evidence? We'll have to wait and see. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it. Period. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Any last thoughts, Blake, as we wind it down? Nah. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this one. I hope you enjoyed it as always. Join us tomorrow when we talk about the next issue, issue number 56, which is is fantastic in its own right. Some really, really, really cool art. So uh, we hope you all join us. We appreciate your support and for you guys uh, listening as always. And we'll talk to you next time. Later. You can find the Comic Source podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.